Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Giese, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, and it's our uh, discussion with Union Men's Head Hockey Coach Josh Halge. Uh, Josh, welcome back, and uh, how are things, and how was Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, everything's good. A good Thanksgiving, and um, you know, excited to be back into a regular week, week here where a lot of hockey and you know not as much school going on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, well, let's take a look back at uh, last weekend. The Garner Chargers swept Stonehill five two and four nothing. Yeah, coming out of the first trimester final exam break, how pleased were you with the games? I, I thought we did some things really well. Um, you know, obviously, I guess you you kind of look at it from a negative side sometimes <laughs> as a coach. You got to try to you know. Yeah, you know, I got to stop that sometimes, but I, th- I thought there were areas we could clean up. But for the most part, um, you know, sort of felt like we had, were in control of both games, and um, you know, a lot of different guys scoring, and um, just uh, you know, some good things both off- offensively and defensively. Yeah, sometimes reporters look at stuff negatively too. So <laughs> we, sometimes we shouldn't. But uh, you know, in last Friday's game, uh, you guys dominate the first period, outshot Stonehill nine nothing. Uh, the Skyhawks didn't even have a great scoring opportunity. I mean, it took about about midway through the second period for them to get a shot on goal. So how impressed were you with the uh, defensive effort on Friday? Yeah, I was really pleased with just, you know, we we, we felt like we've kind of made some mistakes um, this season that have been big mistakes, and I thought we limited to those. Um, you know, I thought we were closing quickly defensively, taking away time and space. And, and again, I thought our D just did a nice job of keeping their forwards in front, and um, we had a good, you know, F3, so they – you know, we always had somebody back. So um, overall, was really pleased with the defensive effort, and um, you know, uh, overall, it was it was it was great for us. Well, here comes the negative aspect. Downside of that first period was that uh, even though you dominated, uh, the Gardner Chargers did not score a goal. Was there any concern about that, especially uh, when you were playing a team that had not won a game like Stonehill? No, I don't think there was a a concern. Um, you know, we didn't want to allow them to keep hanging around, but at the same point. We just felt like we were passing up, you know, chances to shoot and, you know, just left some, you know, opportunities to get pucks to the net, um, you know, on the table. So, you know, we just kind of talked about, you know, reloading and, and coming back for that next period and, and being ready to go. And I thought the guys had a, you know, a good mindset about them and, and did a nice job there in the second. Why do you think that happens with players? I mean, the object of the game, obviously, is to score goals. And it seems like not just Union, but every hockey team seems to do this where they're looking for the the perfect pass instead of, you know, the opportunity to show me, I never shoot the better a couple of times there in that third period. Union had some opportunities and didn't take them uh, the shot. They looked for that one extra pass and it didn't work. So why do you think players do that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, so I, I work with the youth, uh, you know, in in, the, in town here, and we're always trying to get kids to pass and not be, you know, not be selfish. And then they get to college and you want them to be a little more selfish and shoots from time to time. So I, I, I think it's just something that, you know, it's in the, in the culture of being selfless and moving the puck. And at times guys are, you know, thinking pass first and, um, you know, we get, we got to have a mindset of, you know, getting pucks to the net and scoring any way we can. Well, you get this, uh, speaking of goal scoring and shooting the puck, you did get things going in that second period on goals by Josh Nixon and Tyler Watkins. Uh, ben Tupker in his return to the lineup scored the uh, early third. That proved to be the game winning goal. And Stonehill gets to within three to one, but uh, Carter Corpy and uh, Cole Kotze, that's kind of tough. Corpy and Kazi guys got to straighten that out. Uh, yeah, they scored nearly two minutes apart late in the game to steal it. So how important were those uh, couple goals there? Yeah, those were, were guys just ripping pucks. I mean, those are both great, um, great shots. And um, 
it was kind of nice just to have that ability to take a deep breath when they, you know, when they get one back and then you have, you know, you score the next two to kind of just say, okay, it's, it's, this thing's over and um, let's finish the game out strong. So uh, really big by, by Carter there to get that fourth one and really, you know, kind of ice the game. Yeah. Uh, the next day uh, on Saturday, the Union didn't waste any time you know, scoring twice in the first period. Chad Smedrews gets that power play goal, a minute 45 in, and then nearly five and a half minutes later, Corpy scores. Uh, Kotze had a shorthanded goal in the second period, and uh, Brandon Bear added a goal later in that period. So how good was it to get the jump on Stonehill on Saturday? Yeah, it was. I mean, it started with that first shift, and you know Ben Tucker drawing a power play for us, just kind of ragging the puck and holding on to it, not giving it up, and um, you know, they had to hold on to him as he was taking it to the net. And then, you know, the power play was able to convert. And I thought that was a big difference on, on Saturday. It was our special teams. I thought Friday we lost the special teams battle, which we haven't done really much at all this season. And then, um, Saturday we were able to be, you know, tighten that up and, and you know, kind of correct the issues on the special team. So, um, Kudos to both the power play and the penalty kill. Yeah, that was my next question. I mean, I must have been looking at my script here. <laughs> yeah, though, you did say, you, you know, that was the one thing you were disappointed from Friday's game, losing that special teams battle, one nothing with uh, Stonehill getting a late power play goal. But getting the shorty, getting the power play goal, uh, how ple- you, know, you obviously you know, sounded pleased about that. I mean, how important is that to, to win the special teams battle? Well, for us, I think that's an area where, you know, we're, we're priding ourselves as being good in special teams and, um, you know, our penalty kill has been, you know, near the top all, all season long and the power play has been, you know, clicking of late and, um, you know, right around 20%. So we'd like to get that number up to, you know, 25 if we can here before Christmas. But for us, it's, it's, it's an area for that we focus on every, every week. You know, we spend two days um, every week on, on special teams and, you know, really try to make that an emphasis of, of our weekly practices. So, um, you know, we need to be good there. Yeah. You did not make any lineup changes for the Saturday game with a non-conference game. Maybe there was the in- inclination that maybe give some players who hadn't played much uh, a chance to play in, in, in the game on Saturday. Uh, you stuck with the same goaltender and a uh, question from uh, Union Bob on on Twitter. Was there any reason why you didn't start any of the goalies? So what, what was the reasoning behind keeping everything the same uh, from Friday to Saturday? Yeah, I, I just, I felt like, you know, when you, don't give up a shot in the first 30 minutes of a game and you really kind of control it in a lot of ways and didn't really feel like, you know, we needed to, um, you know, shake it up. And at the same point, it's, I mean, every game in college hockey, it's, it's difficult and it's tough. And, you know, we, we had the week off and I felt like there were some areas where we can continue to improve. Um, obviously you want to play everybody and get everybody in, but at the same point too, you don't want to be making lineup changes just to make them. And, um, you know, we, we believe in Axel and, and Joe a lot, and, um, you know, they'll both be ready when they get their opportunity. And, you know, um, but, you know, if, if Kyle's feeling good, we're going to we're gonna play him. And, and that was kind of the, the mindset on, of going back with him on Saturday. Yeah, we talked to Kyle Chauvet after the game Saturday and uh, with his second shutout of the season. And I asked him about uh, how difficult the game was Friday because he's obviously not facing many shots. And I think you mentioned Saturday the fact that he didn't really face many shots to give him a chance to, you know, and he did face more shots on Saturday. So how difficult is it for a goaltender to keep his mind focused on a game when he's not seeing much action? Well, I I think it's got to be one of the more difficult positions in all of sports to play. I mean, you think about that, you're on the ice for 60 minutes, you're, you know, you got to have super high attention to detail and then you got to kind of be able to shut it off and, and you know just give your mind a, a, and body a break when the puck leaves the zone so um, 
on those games where you, you're you know you're not turning it on very often, or you you know you're just kind of watching, it's 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 got to be difficult to snap it back in and, and making sure that you're focused when the puck enters your zone. And um, yeah, I, it's a it's a weird position. Those guys back there, I give them a ton of credit because it's it's hard to play. Yeah. In my uh, Monday uh, wrap up column, I wrote about Kotze. He's a transfer for Bentley who scored 18 goals in three seasons there. And he came into this uh, game this weekend with just one assist in his first seven games with Union. But he had a great weekend at the, with the two goals. You mentioned after Saturday's game, you had a meeting with him over coffee. Did that seem to relax him? I mean, I mean, I don't know that it relaxed him. I think it just, if anything, just, you know, I think sometimes players want to kind of say where they're at and just make sure they know that they're they're valued and they're cared about and that, you know, uh, that the staff is there for them. And, you know, that's what we try to do. And um, you never want anybody to feel like, hey, even though they're struggling that we're or they're not playing as much as they would like that we don't, you know, care about them. And, um, you know, for that one, it was just, hey, he wanted to know that he trusts what we're doing and, um, you know, kind of wanted to see where we were at. And, you know, I just, hey, I know I know you haven't scored, but you're getting opportunities. And if you weren't getting opportunities, we'd be worried. And, um, yeah, I think it was just maybe a little bit of weight off his shoulders. And um, sometimes it's good just to talk about it to someone else and, and, it, and it to be away from the rink. So it's... Um, sometimes you know players can be a little intimidated when it's in the coach's room and there's three coaches sitting around and they're they're listening to what isn't going well for him. So um, he's done so many great things for us, and, and even though he hadn't scored up to that point, like he's an identity player for us, and he he plays with passion and energy, and um, we're extremely lucky to have him. And the adjustment coming from Bentley, obviously, you can get to a new system, new program. He was was that weighing on his mind too? You think? I think so. I mean, it's it's got to be difficult, and you know, you think you got everything figured out, and then you come to a new place, a new staff, a new new teammates, and you know, you just you just kind of gotta you know adapt and get used to it. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now is him just getting adjusted. Well, let's take a break, and when we return, we'll preview this weekend's ECAC hockey matchup against Princeton and defending uh, defending national champion Quinnipiac. Stay tuned. Hi, this is ECAC hockey commissioner and Union hockey alum. Doug Christensen. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Haley Gazette sports editor Ken Shaw. It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle night in and night out. ECAC hockey, an iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world, and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Indiana Nash. I would like to wish you a happy holiday season and a great 2024. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott, and I'm joined by Union Men's head hockey coach Josh Halsey. And Josh, you have an interesting weekend coming up. It starts at 7 p.m. Friday with the team that knocked you out of the ECAC Hockey Tournament, Princeton. The Tigers won that first-round game 6-4 at Mesa. Is revenge on the mind of the, your team heading into this game? Well, I, 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 I'm guessing it's probably you're thinking they're thinking about it a little bit, just the fact that they ended, ended our season. But I think it's, for us right now, we feel like we're playing some better hockey, and, you know, we just got to keep that going. And, um, 
they they play with a ton of pace. They they close space really quickly in the defensive zone, and they and they really like to push it offensively. So we got to be on be on our game, and they'll be a good test for us. Did you ever watch a tape of that game? Yeah, I know I I did, and you know I <laughs> at times yeah you you go back even in the summer and kind of just watch and you know see what happens. And I thought that was a game we. Coulda, shoulda, well, you know, won, but it's one of those things that it, it didn't go our way, and we just, you know, you got to use it as motivation. Yeah, you rallied from a 4-1 deficit to tie it, but then uh, Spencer Kirsten got the goal late to take a 5-4 lead, and he added an empty netter. So that was, I guess it was frustrating away for the team because the week before you beat them to get the home ice in the eighth seed, and you would thought that maybe that would have been you know, Great uh, you know, momentum going into that uh, one going game playoff, which I think a lot of people still wish it was the best of three. Yeah, a new format, and you know, um, obviously we knew it going in, and you got to find a way to win that game. And um, you know, I, I think it was just, I mean, some bounces that didn't go our way, and we got to be a little bit, you know, stronger mentally in, in that game, and, and find a way to, you know, stop them. And and then you know, you get it to get it to even there and you got to find a way to get that next one and we had some opportunities to finish and we just didn't and and they made the most of theirs well was that in consolation i know ron Fogarty even after that game uh he said he still hates the format i mean was is there any talk about i know it's going to be in the one game again this year and i know the women start the their 12 team with the one gamer but is there any thought about getting back to a best of three because the format game seems kind of weird you have a single game for the first round, the best of three for the quarterfinals and it's single elimination in the semis and the championship. Yeah, it is different that, you know, it goes the 1-3-1-1 format and, and it's probably like, I'm guessing one of the only leagues in the, in the country that, and really any sport that kind of does as, you know, as much variation as we do. Um, I, you know, obviously we have a new commissioner right now and, you know, he's got, you know, everything on, you know, on the docket to talk about. We'll be talking about it at Christmas. So I, I think it, it's definitely going to be, you know, conversations about it, but it's just finding out what's the best for the teams as well as what's best financially for the schools. Yeah. Well, you've talked a little bit about the, this year's team of Princeton. They're a scrappy team, 3-2-1 and one in, with eight points in ECAC hockey play and tie for six with Clarkson. And all three of their wins have come in overtime, and they also have a, a shootout victory. What do you think is going to be the key to beating them? Why well, I think for us, like, we got to get pucks to the net. we got to drive pucks to the net. I kind of mentioned, like, they play – really aggressive defensively like they close space quickly so if we have a chance to get a puck to the net we got to get it there um we can't be standing in the corners with puck trying you know trying to make passes we gotta we gotta be moving our feet we gotta be moving away from the puck and we gotta you know continue our defensive play of just you know not giving up breakaways and odd man rushes that's that's been kind of our achilles heel this season yeah then at 4 p.m saturday quinnipiac the defending national champions come to mess the bobcats won the ncaa title in april with a dramatic 3-2 win in overtime over minnesota let me ask you first about uh how good was it to see an ecach team like quinnipiac win the national title it was the third title for the uh conference since uh yale and one in 20 uh, 13 and yelling 20 and uh, union in 2014. Why well, I think for us, like it, it's huge for recruiting when we can talk about, Hey, we've had, you know, you know, three champions in, in recent history and in, from our conference and that there were four teams, you know, in, in the NCAA tournament from ECAC hockey last season. So th- those are all things we can use. And, you know, for us, like we want to strive to, to get to that level. So to have them in your conference, it, it, it's huge for us and, you know, a great test for us on, on Saturday. Have you had a chance to look at Quinnipiac on tape, and do you think they're just as good as they were last year? I do think they're just as good. I think they have, you know, obviously they have their top line back, and it's extremely dangerous. They're they're well coached. They, um, 
you know, they got, you know, some transfers in on, on the back end, so their decor is good, a transfer goaltender. So um, they, they have depth up and down their lineup. They're talented, and, and they're they're very good. Of course, they have uh, former union player Colin Graff there as well. He had a great year last year as a top 10 Hobie Baker finalist. Um, when you saw him play against you, you, uh, Clarkson when you were at Clarkson, what did you notice about his game? Well, I just think his hockey IQ is off the chart. He's very smart. He puts himself in great position. Um, he's gifted offensively, and he's kind of rounded his game out. Like he, uh, he continues to just get better and better. So yeah, he's he's a talented player. Someone that um, you know we're going to have to be aware of. Well, Union is winless in its last seven against Quinnipiac, including six straight losses. In last year's uh, two game series, the Bobcats won both games by a combined twelve to two score. In the February 24th game at Mesa, a 4-1 loss uh, last season, Union did not get a shot on goal in that first period. And after the game, you said that uh, your team gave Quinnipiac too much respect. Uh, did they feel intimidated by Quinnipiac at, at that game? I mean, I'd love to say we didn't, but I'm, I'm guessing at some point we did there. I mean, it was just they they came out and they were buzzing and they were all over us. And I think maybe we questioned ourselves after the first couple minutes when you're just not getting anything going. And um, I felt like we worked our way into the game a little bit and um, I, th- I, I believe we had a goal waved off. Yep. That, you know, ended up um, it would have made it within a, a goal, or it would have been made it closer at that time. Yeah, they would made it two to one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, ended up getting you know the apologies from the, <laughs> the league that it was the wrong call. But um, you know, I, I think we showed signs that we can compete with them in, in that game, and that you know, um, you know, for us, I think we're a completely different team right now, and um, there's just a lot of belief in the room. And I, I, I look at the guys and like. I'm excited to see what they can do this weekend because like, I know they're going to compete. What will it take to beat them? I mean, we're going to have to play a really good hockey game. I mean, we're going to have to you know, manage pucks. We can't turn it over and get into a track meet with them. Um, we're going to have to be good on our special teams, and, and we're going to have to be you know, connected and tenacious. And, and you know, when, <laughs> when we say that, like, we'll have to be hard and physical with that. So I, I think that's you know, the way we want to play, but um, we're going to have to play it at, at the top of our game. Yeah. Well, these will be the last conference games for Union until January. So how important will it be to come away with some points? And do you really concern yourself with the standings at this point, or do you wait until January? No, we, we have discussed it. I mean, we feel like we you know the two games we, we lost this year in league play were games we could have won. And, you know, if you get one of those right now, we're, we're tied for second in the conference. So, like, I mean, as it stands, we're, we got – we, we can't give up points and you can't be, you know, wishing you get those games back. And, um, you know, for us right now, we got to make sure we're trying to bank points every weekend and we got to find ways to, you know, get points in multiple games in a row in conference. Well, Friday begins a stretch of five games in nine days for Union. After this weekend, you have a Wednesday home game against Maine and head coach Ben Barr, the former RPI player and Union assistant coach. And then uh, you go to Vermont for two games next weekend. So I remember 10 years ago, Union had a similar schedule where they played Dartmouth on a Wednesday in December, then traveled to St. Cloud to play two games. Uh, So, I mean, how tough of a schedule is this uh, as you get set for the Christmas break? Yeah, this is. I mean, he got two teams that are, I think, in the in the pairwise in like the top five or six, as well as you know, you know, Princeton and Vermont, who are good teams, and then you know, playing you know five and nine days is, is tough as well. So it's going to be taxing on us. The nice thing is there's there's no school. Um, it's just all about hockey right now, and we can kind of focus on that. And um, you know, I, I I think it'll be a good measuring stick to see kind of where we you know stack up here at the end of uh, the first half. Yeah. Well, the uh, conference recognized two union players on Monday for their three-point weekends. Carter Corpy uh, was named Player of the Week, and defenseman John Prokopper and Defender of the Week. How pleased were you with that? 
I glad to see those guys get rewarded. I mean, um, you know, John has been, you know, for us, he's been he's been the main main player for us that really gets us going all season, and um, he's extremely gifted and talented offensively, and um, has taken some really good strides defensively. And you know, Carter just like he scores big goals for us whenever we need one. He <laughs> seems to be the guy to get them, and. Um, yeah, just glad to see those guys get rewarded. I think John's quietly having another solid year. I mean, he, he hasn't. You, you notice him out there, but you, know, you, 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 you don't notice him because he's. You look at the score sheet; he has one or two points a night, and seems to be you know doing doing getting better in his sophomore season. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, he's. Uh, I think he's got 14 points now, and um, really controls the play when he's out there, and when he's good like we're really good so that that's for us on and maybe games where he's just been okay it's hard for us to get going he kind of you know he's he's an extremely important piece for us so um you know we're, yeah. we're lucky to have him you mentioned earlier in the, the first segment about balance scoring how critical is that to have uh, everybody contributing not just to rely on one or two people yeah I think it's huge for us and um you know that that's how we try to win is with our depth and you know the fact that any line on on any night can have a, have a night and have a couple goals. And, you know, if, if everybody's chipping in and, you know, they're a threat, we're a lot harder to game plan for. And I think that that's the strength for us. Finally, we'll wrap this up with another tough loss for your Vikings on Monday night against the Chicago Bears. It's not good when you do not give up a touchdown and lose. I Okay, so I don't <laughs> normally get, like, too mad at, at sports teams, but I was frustrated watching that game. So, like, I was watching video and then, you know, kind of, Checking back and forth, and yeah, that was as a tough one, <laughs> tough one to lose. It was a very, it was a big letdown after the, my Eagles beat the Chiefs the previous Monday night. So. Yeah, it was a bad football game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, appreciate it. Uh, good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll not have a segment next week because that uh, game against Maine on Wednesday. But we'll talk afterwards as uh, we'll wrap up looking back at the first half of the year. Sounds great. All right, that's uh, Union Men's Head Coach Josh Halge. Um, my next podcast coming out Thursday, we'll have interviews with members of the Union College men's and women's hockey team. You might actually hear Josh Halge on that as well. And I'll also speak with Quinnipiac forward and former Union hockey player Colin Graff. And the Gazette's Director of Content and College Basketball writer Michael Kelly will look back uh, at the UAlbany's um, decisive win over Siena in the Men's uh, Albany Cup on Sunday. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, or you have questions for Josh that you'd like to have answered, uh, like um, Union Bob or one on the uh, X did, uh, you can email my your questions to shot at dailygazette.com. That's S C H O T T. Or you can post it at the bottom of my Facebook page when I um, post uh, the uh, video that I let you know that's what the uh, taping is coming up. So appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll do this again. Uh, the views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey. <laughs>